This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today I would like to continue with music in the jazz rock idiom. More specifically, I would like to look at established jazz artists from the mid-1960s up through 1970 who were delving into the rock idiom, as opposed to the previous shows where we had rock musicians who were delving into the jazz bag. This time it's going to be jazz musicians delving into the rock and roll bag. And so I found some really, really interesting recordings. I'd like to start with a tenor saxophonist and flutist by the name of Charles Lloyd. His career goes back to the late 1950s. He performed with Chico Hamilton and some other well-known jazz artists. But in 1966, he formed the Charles Lloyd Quartet. He hired three young musicians, pianist Keith Jarrett, Jack DeJanet on drums, and Ron McClure on bass. They recorded a series of records that were immensely popular. Charles Lloyd's saxophone playing is very much in the mid-1960s John Coltrane style. I mean, his playing is is reminiscent of, say, Love Supreme or maybe Alabama or some of the more meditative Coltrane selections that were real popular in the the mid-1960s. But he was also borrowing from rock music. And of course, the band was performing at the Fillmore East and Fillmore West, which were large venues where mainstream rock acts were performing. So because he was involved in, in those venues, a lot of young people got to hear him play and hear his music. And again, because it was meditative and the, and the musicians wore mid-1960s garb that was really popular. I mean, the long flowing dashikis and beads and bells and all that kinds of thing. Again, it struck more of a chord with younger people as opposed to a jazz group that would come out wearing a three-piece suit. Let's listen to one of the most famous pieces he recorded in 1966. This is live at the Monterey Jazz Festival. This is entitled Forest Flower. Keith Jarrett's piano solo there is really fabulous. So we're going to move on to the same track. We're going to check out Charles Lloyd's tenor solo on the same track, Forest Flower from 1966.
Jarrett and Jack DeJeanette and Ron McClure were in their early 20s. And of course, they all went on to have fantastic professional careers, especially Keith Jarrett and Jack DeJeanette. From the same album, Forest Flower, we're going to listen to the track entitled Sorcery, which is, has a more of a rock, even eighth note rhythmic feel. On this particular track, musicians take it out into the stratosphere. And by that, I mean the improvisation becomes really, really free. And of course, this is an influence of free jazz or the music that was really coming of age in the early 60s with musicians like Cecil Taylor and Ornette Coleman and Sun Ra. It's a very interesting track. And if you listen to the entire record, especially Keith Jarrett's piano playing, you will hear not only a very strong jazz influence um, of Bill Evans and, and a little bit of Cecil Taylor in that, but also a vein of country or bluegrass music that permeates some of Jared's playing. The next artist we're going to look at is guitarist Larry Coriel. Larry Coriel's guitar playing shows the influence of the great jazz guitarist, but also rock guitar players from that period, also a little bit of country western. Larry Coriel came to New York City in the mid-1960s from Seattle, Washington, and he was living in the Lower East Side and apparently in an apartment where quite a few other young musicians were living, and they formed a group, and they called themselves the Free Spirits. This is about late 1965, early 1960. The group also featured a wonderful drummer by the name of Bob Moses, who is still active today and through the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s played with some of the most important jazz musicians on the scene. So the Free Spirits were playing in Greenwich Village and other venues in the mid-60s, and the group came to the attention of one of the producers at Impulse Records, and they offered them a contract. And so they made one studio album in 1966, which is called The Free Spirits. And it's, it's an interesting record, but you have to remember that Impulse at that time was looking at them as a rock band, not as a jazz group, although they were very, very strong jazz musicians. The band was a really great balance of mid-1960s rock sensibility mixed with jazz and some free jazz also. But it also featured very forgettable vocals. Uh, If the group had been just an instrumental group, I think they might have lasted longer. But the people at Impulse Records made sure that each track was only three minutes long because that's really what Top 40 Radio was focused on at that time. So it didn't give the musicians much time to stretch out. But we're going to listen to two tracks. One from the studio album from 1966 and then one track from a live session recorded in 1967 where the musicians were allowed to stretch out. Let's check out the track entitled Don't Look Now, The Free Spirits from 
so we just listened to Free Spirits from 1966, their studio record, which sounds more like it comes from the rock vein as opposed from the jazz vein. But these are all experienced young jazz musicians trying to make it in commercial music. Now the next track we're going to listen to from Free Spirits is much more interesting. It's a live recording from 1967 from a place called The Scene where they, they really get to stretch out some more. The recording quality is not great because it was probably done on a, on a home tape recorder system. But let's check out Larry's guitar playing. This track is called Sunday Telephone, recorded live at the scene in is vibraphonist Gary Burton. Gary Burton revolutionized jazz vibraphone in that he used four mallets at one time instead of the typical two or the standard two mallets. Great vibraphonists like Milt Jackson and um, Lionel Hampton great pioneers of jazz vibes only used two mallets at a time and because Burton was using four mallets he could get much more sound color and texture and really it was a very unique and identifiable sound on vibes in 1960 the early 1960s Gary Burton started recording mainstream jazz records but by 1966 and 67 his music was becoming more and more influenced by contemporary rock and also by country music Gary Burton is from the Midwest and I I would assume early in his life he listened to a lot of country country western or bluegrass because at times that sound really does come out let's start with an album recorded in 1967 it's called duster it also features larry coriel on guitar and we're going to check out a track entitled liturgy this is a composition written by mike gibbs who was one of uh, gary's um, instructors at berkeley college of music in boston this is liturgy from the 1967 album duster by gary Bird.
So we'll close out today's show with one more Gary Burton track. This is from an album from 1969 entitled Throb. The track is entitled Doing the Pig. It features Jeremy Hahn on guitar, Rich Green on violin, and uh, Steve Swallow on bass who wrote the song. Again, great combination of jazz sensibility with rock sensibility. Also, there's a strong underlying current of country music in this piece. Really clever, very intricate melody. I know you're going to like this. It's really cool. This is called doing the pig. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. You can visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com and facebook.com slash jazz insights. Jazz Insights is a production of WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta.